Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you've played any kind of video game, you'll know that sometimes certain weapons are just a bit overpowered. When they drop that Infinity Blade in Fortnite, that freaking Magnum from Halo 1, Jesus. How about those Akimbo shotguns from Modern Warfare 2 that basically turn you into the Terminator? Even though you knew what was coming, you just couldn't stop them. And in MMA, there have been several weapons just like that. Now, I'm not talking about guys like Rumble Johnson or Nganu who had loads of KO power in both hands, but fighters who possessed a single incredible weapon that they use consistently over and over again that when you signed your name to fight them the images of you being taken out by it had already began flashing through your mind no submissions in this one just striking techniques i'm bailey in from mma on point shout out to our mma op hall of famers who support our content each and every week and these are the 10 most powerful weapons in mma number 10 edson barbosa's switch kick now, now, just hold on a second, okay? Kicking is allowed in MMA, obviously, and you know, it has its drawbacks. You might get taken down or whatever, but no one should be allowed to kick as fast as Edson Barbosa, okay? It's not even fair. His hip snaps faster than a rubber band, and it's not like he's always taking guys out with one kick. Sometimes it's even worse because he'll just keep slamming them into you over and over again. We could talk about his leg kicks, which he has multiple finishes with, his wheel kick, which worked back in the day against Terry Etham, and apparently still works now, even against Sadiq Youssef. But one of his most dangerous dangerous weapons that shops, slows down, and absolutely deadens an opponent's forearms, if nothing else, is his switch kick to the body. Let's see him here against uh, Mr. Donald Cerrone, another kicker. He's going to use his switch kick to the body. Lovely job here. Fades back a little, fakes it, brings Donald sort of out of this defensive stance, but then just turns on a dime and fires it to the body. He's already hunched over right onto the liver side. Very dangerous weapon for Mr. Barbosa. Let's see a bit again. Another thing Barbosa's good at is making you walk into space. Boom. He'll plant, and as you step into the range, he'll have the kick ready to fire. So whenever he creates space, he'll put his feet and wait for you to come forward and walk into it. He battered Dan Hooker with these body kicks. They were nasty. Boom, another one over and over again, winding up. This is a great one against Mr. Ross Pearson here as well. Wait, wait, wait. Boom. As he timed with the level change right under the elbow. Lovely stuff here. And it was just such a big weapon for Edson. Let's see another one here. Beautiful Muay Thai catches, sweeps to the outside. Boom, back with his own lovely switch kick to the body and a one-two to go behind it as well. And even against Habib here as well as he draws him into this space, boom, under the elbow. You know, Habib tried to sweep, but didn't catch it. So Edson Barbosa, one of the best kickers of all time. That switch kick in a striking matchup, dangerous weapon, super overpowered against anyone else who can't meet him on that level. Edson himself has said he spent hours practicing this on the bag and he thinks it's his best move. It was coming in at number 10 as it was a powerful and very consistent weapon that everybody feared, even if it didn't always finish the fight. Number nine, Jose Aldo's leg kicks. Okay, next we have one of the greatest UFC champions of all time in Jose Aldo. He grew up playing football and based on how hard he kicks, he probably could have been the Brazilian David Beckham. For the best part of, what, seven years, Aldo absolutely reigned supreme over every other featherweight on the planet. And yeah, he had speed, he had power, but one weapon that absolutely gave everyone twitches in their sleep thinking about it was his leg kick. So WEC days, you can tell the surprise on the face of the opponent when he gets hit with these solid leg kicks, turns his whole hip over, 
absolutely battered him. Jonathan Brookins here. He's got outside leg kicks if he needs to off the lead leg. Against the southpaw here, he attacked the inside of Jonathan Brookins' legs. Just smashed all the way through, completely taking the base out. Little fake as well before each one. Touch with the hands, chops to the inside. Always really good at mixing up the timing on these as well. Kenny goes inside. Jose says, okay, cool. Bam, lovely inside kick. And then a little jab fake into another inside kick, doubling up on it there. Great stuff. Picked old Kenny apart here as well. Inside leg kick. And like Edson, he's able to boom, boom, fire behind it as well. Sets up his striking with a one-two. But of course, against Faber is the one everyone will remember. Faber trying to gauge distance here, but just didn't have an answer to this leg kick which Jose used to dominate this division, times it beautifully as soon as he changes shoulders and takes away the range. Throws some little head fakes that gets Faber thinking about the hands, plants on his base, chops out the leg. Lovely stuff. Faber starts trying to pick this left leg up to teep in a minute here as well. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Trying to time the defense, but he goes left hook first. As soon as the, the foot lands on the mat, he's already chopping away at it. You can tell Faber's hurt. Thinking about picking the leg up. Then fake brings the leg up. As soon as it comes down, chops away again as well. And then we'll just see one more, kind of a similar situation here as well. Pins him against the cage and just absolutely battering that leg until Faber couldn't stand up on it. Now, obviously we've got Justin Gaethje, dangerous leg kicker, fantastic job, but we're going with Jose Aldo and his leg kicks because he was doing it at the world championship level. He used these leg kicks in all of his fights, especially early on in his career. So Jose Aldo, in his prime with the leg kicks completely overpowered no one had any answer to them or could even compete at that range that Aldo was fighting Aldo's leg kicks were not only feared but they were devastating at the world championship level they helped him win countless fights he didn't always stop guys with them so they're number nine I know Edson has leg kick finishes but you've got to respect the championship caliber of Jose Aldo's opponents and how they worked on him number eight Chuck Liddell's overhand right now I throw it and I'm over exaggerated to start because I want you I want this angle if you're a wrestler or try just look make it look like a back in 2006 someone you definitely didn't want to run into in an alley or in a cage wasn't just the new james bond But also this mohawk sporting UFC champion called Chuck Liddell. The Iceman was a KO artist through and through. And one of the reasons he's on the list is because he still holds the records for the longest knockout streak in UFC history with seven. And he pretty much got them all done with his right hand, which almost seemed a little bit unfair. He was able to generate a crazy amount of power even at really short distances, but he also had his own signature punch, the looping overhand. Now Chuck sets us up in a couple of ways. Number one's with the level change. You think the takedown's coming, the overhand comes over the top, but also as well off the short straight right. There's the level change, brings the hands down. And again, this big arcing overhand that Chuck used to throw over the top there. Tito takes that one on the chin nicely. Against Vernon Tiger White here again, you see the short right hand land beautifully and then he'll come back in and this time wrap over the top of the left with the overhand shot. As we saw with Chuck, you know, he'll throw the right straight and as people pull away from it, they think they're out of range of the straight and then the next punch will come over and that's his overhand. So it increases that range and he catches you with the second shot. Great example of that here with Vandy. Throws a short right hand, he just pulls out the way of it. Chuck resets, second shot, boom, is the looping overhand. Lands beautifully, Vandy just eats it. And this again, this kind of the modification of that. Fakes a little, but turns over the top, not straight right from here, it's coming over the shoulder. And this is the kind of shot he would knock a lot of people out with. But again, the windmill overhand, the one you'll know is this Alistair Overing knockout right here in pride, at range, changes levels, crushes him with the overhand over the top. Here it is again, 
Boom, crushes him. And that's the Chuck Liddell windmill overhand. Chuck knocked out a lot of people. It wasn't always with this technique. It's just the one he's most famous for. It's still, it was devastating and it's a unique weapon to him. So here it is at number eight. Number seven, O'Malley's looping straight. Okay, well, if you aren't a believer in Sean O'Malley and you didn't think his win over Aljamain Sterling was impressive, then sorry, but you might actually just be a hater at this point. And now we've seen his long looping right can take out a world champion. Going back and looking at the rest of his career, that thing was an absolute weapon that I think he might have landed on every single person he fought. Maybe you could argue it's one of the best right hands at bantamweight in the history of the sport. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. So we saw it from as early as his UFC Dana White contender debut right here. Touch slightly. That's all he needs. One little touch to range find. His pony is actually going to circle to the left and close off the distance himself to make this a shorter distance to connect with that right hand. No setup whatsoever. So quick and snappy. Same thing with Eddie here, except you'll show this uppercut. Eddie's lead hand comes down to block the uppercut, but it comes over the top in a lovely straight right. Very sneaky there. But again, puts another guy out. Same with Piver here, showed him the rear uppercut a little bit. You'll see this left hand drop of Piver as well. The level changes. But again, it's the left hand fake and then one more time the right hand over the top. And this started the finishing sequence with Piver. And against Almeida here as well, the eyes on Sean and he can fire it while moving backwards as well. Boom, boom. Lovely job to find the target. And, you know, he kind of wobbles all over the place, but that's that's a perfect shot right there. And we have to talk about the Aljamain one here as well. Aljamain's actually gauging distance. I love this touch on the outside of the arm before he puts it over the top. You know, he's obviously looking for it as he fades back, but he still gets to touch and range find before he steps through and puts it over the top. So yeah, Sean O'Malley at bantamweight with the reach, the power, the speed, that looping straight right. It's proven to be a very powerful weapon. Look, I'm sure some of you wouldn't have put this at number seven or even put it on this list, but I think the proof is in the success that he has had with this technique. Number six, Vandalay Silver's tie clinch. Back in a more unevolved era of MMA over in the land of Japan, the pride matchmakers were always happy to feed people to their champions and by God, was Vandalay Silver hungry? He absolutely devoured a bunch of guys who had no business being in there with the axe murderer, but also a plethora of MMA talent like Sakuraba, Dan Henderson, Rampage Jack, Jackson, he was the most aggressive guy in the sport. Fighting him was already going to be scary enough, but if there was one place you didn't want to be, it was inside his Muay Thai clinch. There was no escaping his death clutch while he rained knees upon you. He even had this little thingy he did before each fight with his hands, letting you know it was coming and it made people shit their pants. This is his UFC debut right here as well. Gets that lovely Thai clinch, Yo Vandale Sora, and he's going to go a lovely knee right up the middle, boom to the body. Boom, his opponent's trying to punch over the top, which is what a lot of people do, but these knees are just locked in and he gets to finish on the ground. And that's his UFC debut, people. And once he got to Japan, he'd met a bunch of other guys who, again, didn't know how to defend this Muay Thai clinch. Absolutely savage here. Destroying these knees, pulling on the head, breaking the posture. I mean, this is okay, but there's no addressment of the Thai clinch. And what happens, you're gonna go to the ground, but it's pride. Vandy could knee you on the ground there. And if you got back up, He'd hold onto that tie clinch and just pummel guys. Great fight here again. Runs his opponent into the corner. We're in the tie clinch and over and over again. Vandalay Silva destroying people with a Muay Thai clinch. And we'll see him again here in the corner. Exactly the same thing. I mean, the furious flurries. But once he's got you here, this is the defense everybody had just to try and block. 
Noah could close the distance. And famously, both fights against Rampage Jackson, it's the same thing. It's these tiny knees. Rampage didn't have an answer to it, nor did most of the people he fought in Pride. And if you're going to talk about overpowered weapons, you know, especially for the time, you got to look at Vandalay Silver's Muay Thai clinch. At a time where most guys didn't know or simply couldn't defend his Thai clinch, Vandy's knees were absolutely overpowered and he destroyed so many people in Japan with them. He's at number six. Number five, Conor McGregor's straight left. Signing up to fight the notorious Irishman wasn't just going to be a fight in the cage, it was going to be a psychological battle, a war of words, but all of that was a means to an end to get you to walk into his left hand. The young dynamic 145 McGregor had lightning speed and accuracy, and every single part of his MMA game revolved around setting up his most dangerous weapon, a straight left that he'd refined through years of boxing and obsessive training. Even though every single opponent knew what he was going to do, there were very few who could avoid it. Loves to always lead with the right hand either to pierce to touch here comes inside and then the two down the middle the accuracy of connor was always great lead uppercut this time but it's still about banging that straight left down the middle from massively out of range from a really wide stance hands always low he's gonna again lead with this he actually flicks comes around into a lead hook complete cover up from siva and still finds the target down the middle so the accuracy as well as the power for connor Against Chad here as well, gauges distance, left hand over the top. This was the finishing sequence against Mendez. Bangs another left hand there on the chin. Turns it into these combinations, boom. And as soon as his foot hits the floor off the teep, he loads the one-two straight away. It's all fluid, all creative. Bam! As soon as I'm coming straight back in as well, he pushes off from his kicks. Against Eddie as well, perfect distance management, lovely slip. There's the straight left. And there's another one behind it. The speed of, of that as well obviously gave him tons of problems. Every time he touched Eddie with this, he knocked him out. Look, touching the, le the lead hand again. Eddie's trying to use heavy movement, but he's overreacting. He'll move off the center line too early. Connor's not even thrown yet. He's come too early and it makes that shot, you know, easier to land really because he's turned his head away. He's not even got his hands up. So the overreaction to it is what got him caught. And of course, against Jose Aldo, what is there more to say? Perfect management. That left hand, he only needed one shot. Incredibly dangerous and powerful weapon at that weight class. Two world titles, one with the straight left, I think speaks for itself here with Connor at number five. Some guys could eat it, but he pretty much knocked everyone else out of it. Number four, Baz Rutan's liver shot. You remember Pancrase back in the day? It was a pretty good idea. The Japanese MMA promotion where in order to protect fighters and their hands as well as reduce things like cuts and injuries, they disallowed closed fist strikes. That ought to let the fighters compete as much as possible and showcase all that Japanese catch wrestling they've been practicing. Seems like a pretty good rule set they got going on there. That was until Baz Rutan showed up, a Dutch kickboxer who hits harder than fuck and he started obliterating people with his striking. For all the destruction he wrought though, his favorite attack was of course the liver shot, something a lot of fighters didn't even realize existed and he introduced it to them. Right here, beautiful switch kick to the body. You can see the hands come down, his opponent's hands go up in anticipation as well as the left hand, but it's coming right here under the ribs and destroys this poor man's liver. And he does it again in this fight as well. Same thing, hands high, hands high, waits, steps forward, and it's just gonna be a switch kick to the body and absolutely takes him out. At full speed, that one, because it's so fast, bam. If you go and listen to that kick, it is horrifying. Against Jason De Lucia, again as well, left hooks to the body in this one, always showing him this right hand, bam, and smashing him with another left hook to the body, kick, and then one more, boom, straight to the liver, and the poor guy can barely breathe. And again here, same situation, right hand, this one skims 
past the liver, but it's all on this face right here. I mean, this is what these guys were experiencing. You talk about a time when no one was doing body shots. Here's just a simple knee, but it's right on the liver, bam. And that's all it takes right there as well. And against uh, Suzuki, a guy he didn't think he could beat. Boom, one knee to the liver. And this guy's a legend of the scene at the time. Look how much pain he is in. He is holding his liver. And, you know, this expression on his face, man, this is a tough guy. These guys had not experienced body attacks before. Baz Rutten shows up, makes the liver shot extremely overpowered. Kind of a cheeky one here as it's not one specific technique, but it is targeting one specific area of the body. So I hope you can let me get away with it. Plus, it's Baz Rutten. He can't not be on this list. So he's in here at number four. Number three, Alex Pereira's left hook. It's strange to think that only three years ago, most of the MMA fan base had no idea who Alex Pereira even was. I mean, maybe you'd seen some of his glory fights if you were into kickboxing and knew about the only guy to ever win two world titles in the promotion. But to think he could replicate that success in MMA, well, it wasn't a knock on his ability. It's just, you know, no one had ever just switched combat sports that quickly and had that much immediate success. But then you look at the amount of power he can generate, well, God freaking damn. Super early on in glory. This is lovely. Level changes straight right to the body and then finishes, boom, up top with a left hook. His head almost gets caught in the ropes. It's horrible. The level change, obviously, you're going to bring your hands down, sets up that left hook. Here again, as well, he's getting flurried off the back foot. You don't even see that, all right? So fast. We're going to slow it down for you right now. Opponent comes crashing forward, rolls away from this straight right. Boom, creates a ton of space for himself. And as he turns back into his opponent, he fires the left hook. Crazy amount of accuracy on that one. As he's fading away and turning away from his opponent, in one movement, he's coming back into the left hook. Against Justin Jacoby here, runs him to the corner, knee to the body. Dustin's now completely reset, no defensive stance, and just fires a left hook over the top that just bangs him off the freaking ropes, man. And this is a crazy one here as well. Slips the right hand, left hook. You have to see this from another angle, but this is incredible from Alex Pereira right here. Straight right, slip, one shot. I'm going to bang the left hook off the slip. Boom. Fight's over. Sean Strickland as well. This is also up with jabs to the body. A uh, right hand jab to the body. Jab to the body. Jab to the body. And all this is going to do is bring Sean's hands down every time Alex level changes. It sets it up perfectly. It didn't take long to get into the fight. Jab to the body. Little leg kick. I'll show a different angle. Level change. Thinks it's going to be a jab to the body. Same posture. Hand comes down. Hook goes up and knocks him out. But also see this, it throws the leg kick. This is where his feet are. He resets at an angle and then explodes straight into the hook. This is another reason it caught Sean off guard because it's not like Alex was standing here and he hooked him. His legs were together, crossed over, and he stepped out. And as he stepped out, he immediately fired the hook. So it wasn't like a reset of his base where he got ready. It was almost like he's just stepped back and then stepped straight back into it. So it's just another way of disguising it. And against Yuri as well, waited under all this pressure, waited, waited, waited until he felt Yuri take that step forward. And he goes block, counter right, and it guides him perfectly over to the other side into the left hook. And again, that's all it took to take out Yuri Prohaska and win another world title because his left hook is super powerful. I might even say overpowered. You got damn right. Number two, Dan Henderson's H-bomb. Yeah, this is Dan. A lot of people have quite good right hands in MMA or are known for their power, but no one's right hand has a nickname like Dan Henderson, where one of his mitts has affectionately been called the H-bomb. You want to talk about a strong right hand, this thing was a death touch. If Dan landed it on you, you were probably going to go to sleep, even late in his career. Of course, the H-bomb is on this list as well. Okay, Dan Henderson, the H-bomb. 
But we said, you know, it's not just about guys with power, and some people might think H-bomb is just a right hand. There is an actual move called the H-bomb. If you don't know what it is, I'm going to show you what it is right now, okay? This is the H-bomb. It all starts with this inside leg kick. If you see Dan Henderson doing this, be very afraid. It's inside leg kick first, stage two, using the momentum, generate, step, and then as the weight's transferring forward, he fires the right hand over the top. It's always Mr. Henderson. Inside, right hand. Michael Bisping, inside leg kick. As he's coming down, all that weight transference over the top into the right hand, boom, and he knocks him out. This is when he won his strike force title inside leg kick. Doesn't throw it yet, steps back, but it's the same thing. Steps forward with the left leg, and it's the weight transference into that H-bomb over the top. Knocked out people in tons of different weight classes, Dan Henderson. You've got to put the H-bomb on the list. Dan probably carried enough power in one hand to fully charge a Tesla, and it won him multiple titles across his career. Hmm. And that typically uh, is supposed to end the fight, so you won't need to know anything after that. Number one, Mirko Krokop's head kick. All right, well, I don't even care if you don't agree that I've put this at number one, because frankly, watching highlights of Krokop high-fiving people with his shins in 2009 practically got me and at least 50% of the people I know into the sport, okay? So I honestly can't really think of anyone who put so many people away with the same technique over and over again. The Croatian Supercop transitioned from kickboxing into MMA, and he had a massive striking advantage over a lot of his competition. And he turned out to be, yeah, really overpowered. So against Vandalay right here, Body kick. This is a big part of his game. You'll notice a lot of these head kicks happen because people protect their body. Body kick, straight left, and he's going to jab as he comes across, which takes up the beautiful angle for his left head kick. You'll see Vandalay's hands come out to the side because he thinks it's going to the body, but it comes right over the top, on the top of the dome, and takes out Vandalay Silva. Very similar to the Islam Mahachev Volkanovsky head kick. Over the top of the guard, top of the head. Mirko's very good at that as well. Again here as well, I just want to show you a body kick because he has some crazy body kicks to the liver from the southpaw. And that's all part of why the head kicks worked for Krokop. Against his old luchadore mate here. Again, same thing, hands come down, thinks it's going to the body, right over the top. So accurate. Uh, Alexander uh, Emelianko here as well. You can see he'll actually fake the body kick. And Alex is like, oh no. And then as he's circling away from him, before he's even left his stance, the head kick comes up. The hand comes down to block a body kick, but again, it's on the top of the head, above the ear, and it's another head kick knockout. Eagle's already covering that elbow when he backs off here. And the same thing, the hands come down, but it's another head kick over the top of the glove, bam. Mirko Krokop, number one with the head kick. Super overpowered weapon but also super overpowered for the time and era he was competing as well. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed that one. 10 most uh, overpowered weapons of all time, all right? Pretty fun topic, but um, yeah, something new with the breakdown, the teleprompter. Shout out to Luke Taylor as well for editing this one. Thank you very much, Luke, working hard on it. If you enjoyed it, guys, you can check him out at call to me underscore tell him to get a haircut. Thank you as always to our channel champions at MMA on point. Appreciate the support, guys. Thank you very much if you want to join them you can click the link down below there's a bunch of stuff i think we recently discounted the prices so go have a look who do you think had the most overpowered weapon though let me know in the comments down below would appreciate that give us a thumbs up if you enjoyed the video but i've been baying and i'll see you in the next one